This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How y'all doing? Good, good. All right, feel free to get started with Coach Inch, please. Coach, as you kind of look back at the first half, second half, just almost a complete 180, right? And just the box score, the stats, performance. What, what happened in the second half to get your defense turned around? Probably the biggest thing that you saw was our guys made their plays at the point of attack. Our urgency level was a lot higher and a little more intense. And th their focus was exactly where it needed to be when it came to them being able to make their play at the point of attack. And that was probably one of the biggest things that we talked about at halftime coming out was just we're, we're where we need to be. Now we just have to make our play. You guys have been really emphasizing that all season in terms of making plays at the point of attack coming out of last year. And you've finished very strong, but it's been hard to put a full game together in terms of tackling and doing those fundamental things. Why do you think that's been a struggle consistently throughout this season? I wouldn't necessarily say sometimes it's a struggle. It's just when you're playing against great teams every now and again, they're going to have a play, and every now and again, we're going to have a play. Uh, the biggest thing that, that we think that we did is when you needed to make the play the most, you, you made that play at that point in time when everything was on the line. And, and th those are the ebbs and flows that happen when you're in quality competition. Coach, Coach, Coach Tuatele said after, on Twitter, he made a post, uh, Eddie gave a halftime speech, and it was over after that. Were you there? No, no, I was not. And, and that's one of the things that, that that's what leadership is all about. When you have someone who's going to speak up, everyone's going to make the necessary internal adjustments from the leadership. That's exactly why we have him on our football team and we love having him on our, on our team. After the game, Kalen said, I, I think the difference between the halves on defense was the tackling that you guys started to tackle better in the second half. As you guys have addressed that all season, what do you think is the shortcoming of it? Is it guys trying to make too big a hit instead of wrapping up? Or? It's a, some, a, a little bit of both. Sometimes you're, you're trying to uh, make too big of a hit. Sometimes you may leave your feet a little too soon. And that's been kind of one of our bigger issues that we've been addressing on our end because sometimes you leave your feet a little too soon instead of running through the ball carrier. And then there have just been a handful of times where you just are, are not fortunate enough to be able to make your play at, in, in that given moment. So it's kind of a little bit of, of here and there. And, and that's how players just have to continue to keep getting better. What did you say to Tupatala walking off the field after he dropped the ball at the one-yard line? I told him that I love him. And, and, I, and I appreciate the, the fact that he made a play. But also know that on my end, as a coach, as a mentor, as a teacher, as a leader, I have to be different than the 15 million people on, in the outside world and, and tell him the, the coaching aspect of it all. Hey, we have to give the ball to the official. Because he, he, as you know, he didn't realize exactly what occurred because he would have never, never done that on purpose. And he owned it and, and said, Coach, I'm going to make up for it. And that's exactly the kind of football team that we have um, from a brotherhood standpoint as well. And the other guys said the same thing. Hey, we have your back. We got you. And obviously, I think you all see what happened one, one play later. I'm sure you, you, know, you probably saw him yesterday. You share a room with him. Obviously, that's something that's got to be hard to bounce back from a little bit. But how have you seen him? come back from an attitude standpoint? Oh, attitude is great. Um, probably the best thing is, is when you're mature enough and you have your spirits and your spirituality in the right place, he owned it. He accepted it. He, obviously, he does feel bad because he knows that it could have hurt the football team, but we're able to really coach and teach from this <laughs> while being victorious, which is probably one, one of the better things. But, but he knows that he has to move on. We want his leadership. Uh, he, was, he played his best game for us, and we're going to need that again coming into this week. Uh, coming into this week, like you said, Oregon State, 
you know, you played a physical team last week, Oregon State, very physical as well, has a couple of great running backs and, you know, plays that brand of football. What's the biggest emphasis when you go against a, an offense like that? Uh, the, the same scenario, again, you have to control the line of scrimmage and make your plays on their big physical running backs and being able to stay on your feet. Uh, they, they have a very good offensive line. They do a great job of pushing people around and making holes for their physical running backs who get downhill and can continue to just chew up the clock. And that's why a lot of the games have been close and or low scoring. <coughs> they, they really have a good recipe for understanding how to win football games. This was Thule's most action in, in a while. Um, obviously, he made a big play on, on the safety. How, how did he come through? Physically, and are you guys feeling like like you'll be able to rely on him maybe for for yes, yeah, yeah. He, he's getting stronger and stronger every week, and we knew on Tuesday in stretch with his beautiful smile, he said, "This is a game for me." So when he knew that, or we knew what he said at that point in time, we knew that he was going to be a force to be reckoned with, and and that's one of his strengths. When they try to physically overpower guys at the point of attack, that, that's one of his strengths when it comes to helping our football team. Coach, there's a situation late third. Utah's got the ball at their 49. You're up five, buck 47, third and six, and you got Sakai and Holtzclaw on the field together with no Braylon and, and no Zion. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about kind of how you're – that particular moment, big third down, choosing to keep – Zion and Braylon on the sideline, kind of what, what goes into that kind of conversation? Yeah, the, probably the biggest thing is, is when you trust a young man the, uh, for doing the jobs that they're required to be able to do. Uh, and, and we have a, a high level of trust for all the guys that go on the football field. And seeing them on the field at that moment, you know they're going to have a chance to be able to make a play and be able to keep the quarterback corralled or have a chance to be able to make their play on the quarterback if it is a pass game. So that's just kind of how things played out at that point in time from a rotation standpoint. And as you saw, it didn't happen a ton. But when it needed to happen, those individuals were on point when it came to them being able to carry out their job to help our football team. Coach, we saw a lot of Jacob Lane at three tech, especially early on in the ball game. What is it that he provides to you just you know, from the interior there? I know he's a big athletic guy, but as a true freshman, what has he shown you to be able to trust him in that spot? Yeah, fast lane is, is um, pretty good for us as, as a youngin. Uh, when it comes to him being able to, number one, do his job, and number two, being able to play with a high motor. So when you have someone who who's comes, comes into the game with a high level of energy, a high level of passion, and he does play fast, and he knows exactly what to do, that just gives everyone a lot of added value. And when you're a developmental program who is developing, that gives you the ability to say, this is what we're doing to our young players. They are developing literally while getting taking bullets in the battlefield. So um, having him in the game at, at those moments, it's, it's great for our football program. Coach, can you talk a little bit about the safety position? It looks like um, Ace is going to be out a while. It looks like Cam Fab got dinged up again. Uh, Vince Donnelly is back. Can you talk a little bit about your depth right there? Yeah, and, and that's kind of obviously how it has been when you had Vince being able to come play and be able to make some plays. You also have Mikel Steen being able to make some plays. And obviously, Dom Hampton has been the staple. That's kind of the three-man rotation at this point in time that we've been able to deal with from the safety position. And, and those guys have been able to do a good job of being able to make some plays. Going back to Oregon State, um, seems like some of their slot guys, maybe some of the, the smaller stature guys, have, have blistering speed. What, what have you seen out of just how, how quickly they can kind of break some big plays? Yeah, does exactly that. They're quicker than a hiccup, um, and but th th those are the things that you're going to get when it comes to being able to play championship caliber teams. They're going to have their strengths, uh, their strengths at their receiver positions. Those young men are they're undersized, but they are extremely fast, extremely quick, elusive. They do a great job in in the scheme of what they do because they're always having a chance to run vertically or run the run away from a player going across the field or if you're off so far they'll just drop out and continue to keep the chains moving so they're able to add to the strength of their team and we, we have a high level of respect for them and what they do at the receiver position for sure. <clears throat> They've got a really solid offensive line. What do you, what do you think it's going to take to, to get after the quarterback and just kind of move them off the spot? Yeah, um, probably the biggest thing, as, as you know, get them into scenarios where you know that they're going to have to throw the football. And then when you do that, let our guys do what we do. And, and that's what, what we take a lot of pride in when it comes to having a chance to be able to rush the passer, being able to offset him or get him off the spot because he is a bigger pass, passer, obviously, <laughs> depending on which one they have in. Um, and th that's just the things you have to be able to do. And where, where they've done very well, 
is they've been able to keep teams off of that particular path by being able to run the ball and get into a lot of third down and short, third down and medium and man to manageable scenarios. So that's where the chess match really has to come into play. Coach, that play that I was asking you about, there was a late hit on Boy on Bryson. Just going back and looking at it, it doesn't look like really anything. Did you kind of get a look at that later? Yeah, yeah, but, but you know what? The, the one thing that we all know in this great sport that we're in, there is one position that will always have immediate protection, and it's going to be the quarterback position. So uh, we, we respect what the officials did at, at that moment. We just have to continue to coach our guys of understanding what to do in those scenarios. You know, and, and the, the, the one thing we do is, is for us, having a one and all mindset, it happened, it occurred, we moved on, and now we have to get ready to play the next play. You know, yes, it could have been wishy-washy, but it's, it's what it is. It's a play that's called, and we can't do anything about it. You know, you know, back to Jacob Lane, you had him out there in the first defensive series and the second defensive series, and I know it's probably reward, but is there also a, a point of trying to show the other freshmen that, you know, we're going to play you guys, uh, you know, just to play you, I mean, give you a taste, you know, with everything on the line? Does that factor into it too? Yeah, uh, somewhat, but the biggest thing that the guys know is if, if you're ready to play, and you can play and you can execute the jobs of your position and execute the jobs of that particular call, you're going to have a chance to be able to play. And it doesn't matter, in a sense, what year you are, if you're a non-scholarship player or a scholarship player, uh, the individuals who can execute are going to be the individuals who will have a chance to really put on the field. And that's what uh, the, the rest of the team sees when you have a chance to play someone like that who is a young freshman and he can do his job exactly the way it does. We can do the same thing, let's say, in our room at linebacker because we play a lot of linebackers. Those guys know if you can execute and do your job and make your plays at the point of attack, you have a chance to be able to make plays and you're, and you're going to play. And with the allowances of four games, wouldn't you typically like to get every freshman on the field at least once? Mm -hmm. And I, I think you've played about half of them offensively. Yep, defensively. yep. And, and, and that's something that's obviously in the plans for sure. You, you want to be able to try to get them on. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it does not. Sometimes it may happen on offense or sometimes it may happen on defense. Sometimes it may just happen on special teams. But that's the one great thing about the rule is being able to allow us to be able to get those guys into some four-game scenarios for them. And with someone like Anthony James <clears throat> Yet he's kind of in between trying to build his body or decide mm -hmm. his position. Is that probably yep, the yep. situation with him? Yep, yep. As a developmental player, that's exactly where he is right now. What we say, he's kind of in Navy SEAL training right now. Huh. All right. Anything else for Coach? <laughs> Go, dogs. Rome had three catches on 11 targets on Saturday. You ever keep punching? That's it. Mm -hmm. Keep punching, man. <laughs> Got to keep punching. That's hard, though. It is. It's, uh, you know, I checked on Rome and Mike at halftime with that. Just uh, you get that much man coverage and, and the ball's getting down the field a little bit. It can get frustrating. And so just keeping the right mentality that, you know, you're going to make the play or get the call um, just to keep going after them. And I know Rome was frustrated by a couple, you know, non-calls and things like that. But I thought he did a good job of just staying focused on the next play and, you know, keeping Mike engaged where – it was a tough, windy day. You know, I thought Mike did a good job locating the ball on some of those uh, more difficult throws. Yeah. Would you like to see Mike maybe just take some of those underneath routes a little more? Than yeah, there was a couple that he certainly could have. You know, there was definitely we had some underneath crossers that were there that, that were available a few times. Uh, but he saw, you know, he was trying to stay in his progression and saw some early side pocket shots that he thought he could get to that weren't necessarily like a mile down the field. Um, and just didn't connect on some of them. There was one early on that, you know, Dev had a, a bender, you know, into the end zone that we just just kind of sailed over him. That really wasn't a deep throw. So, uh, but yeah, of course, you know, and I think Mike, you know, found his rhythm uh, about in the second quarter there and, and kind of never looked back. The ineligible man downfield penalty, I've had some people sending screenshots of whether Quentin was covered up or not. Uh, what's your... Generally. No comment. Wow. <laughs> it's, it was unfortunate, and I'll say that, because um, we had the play we wanted, we had the coverage we wanted, and uh, we just needed the refs to execute and uh, <laughs> missed out. But it was a bummer, man, because we had points on the board. I really felt like our kicking game was doing pretty well, and I think we'd had the ball roughly on the 27-yard line, so guys did a good job getting down there into scoring position. So 
Um, those are hard to deal with, you know, but the guys did a good job at halftime getting over it quickly and, you know, moving on and just not worrying about it. Because I think sometimes those can hang into the second half and, you know, you feel like maybe you didn't get this call or that call. And, and uh, the guys, they weren't like that at all at halftime. So hats off to them. Coach, earlier in the year on third and three, third and four, third and two, you seem more apt to throw the ball. Now you seem more comfortable running the ball in those downs. What's the difference? Confidence. I have a lot more confidence in the run game now. And I think our guys are playing tougher. Um, they're playing more physical. I think there's a, a demeanor that, that Dylan brings to the game as well. Um, I think that that's a, you know, really evident. There was a third and two, you know, and I showed that clip to the guys where they had eight guys on the line of scrimmage and we knew exactly what it was going to be. They knew what it was going to be and had a dimple and, and really you're just looking to get Dylan a half a man. And um, the play I'm thinking of, Parker Brailsford had half of the Mike linebacker and Dylan took the other half of him and easily got the first down, you know, just went right through the A gap and, and hit it. So that that's, you know, one of the things you love to see is that the guys start to get stronger as the season goes on. I feel like our O-line gelled about the same time last year where we started to run the football a little bit better at the end of the season last year. And I feel like we're starting to hit stride on that now. Speaking of staying on the running game with Parker in there as opposed to Mateo earlier in the year, it looks like Parker is just able to pull so much faster and get out there. Is he enabling you to do more things in the running game on the sides than maybe Mateo was up the middle? Uh, I don't I don't think that necessarily. Tao is really athletic. Um, you know, I think obviously Parker is really good on the perimeter runs and things like that and his body control for sure. Um, but I don't feel like there was anything we couldn't do, um, you know, when Tao was in there versus Parker. I think it's, it's an overall gel of the O-line right now. Speaking of that, I mean, it's hard to evaluate from the outside how an O-lineman performs sometimes because those stats aren't there right. for a receiver. But the season that Troy has had, I mean, he had some, some pretty flashy moments in that game against Utah in terms of physically outmanning his opponent. How do you feel like he's played and how consistent has he been from game to game? He's been very consistent. And, and I think the, the best part about his consistency is the improvement. I, I, I really believe Troy still feels like he can get better every week. And um, I just I think he's really, him and Nate, especially those two, have bought into, you know, that there's an improvement mindset that has to be out there. And no matter who the opponent is, you know, that they can bring a, a certain demeanor and attitude, you know, to the game. And I certainly think those two have been up to it. And, and Troy is just, you know, he's a really coachable kid. You know, when the NFL scouts ask me about him, I'm like, I think he's just scratching the, the tip of the iceberg right now. I think he's, he's continuing to improve every week. Troy and Roger both, you know, NFL type guys. It looks yeah. like how, as a former O line coach, how would you evaluate how their games are similar or different? Uh, I think they're they're different in the sense of you know Troy brings a little more of a a guard type body to the tackle position, just in you know his leverage and you know his physicality and things like that. But they both are, you know, Rogers a great athlete, you know, so you can see him cover space and distance quickly and. Um, so they're both, I think, elite athletes at the, at the tackle position. Ryan, what were you trying to get done with Jalen Saturday when he came out with the team and got in the game for a couple snaps? What, what was kind of uh, you know just let him get out there and get some confidence. You know, uh, feel like out there getting some some guys hands on him and run blocking and then getting through some man coverage plays. You know, and just letting him feel the flow of the game because it was really late in the week um, Thursday, really before we got him any reps in, in practice. So we certainly didn't want to go too far down the road with him and, and get him out there for 30 plays or something. But just I think it's good for a guy to get out there and remember what it feels like, especially against a defense like Utah, that you know no matter what the play is, there's going to be an element of physical play out there. So it was it was good. He got his feet wet again, and I think he got him some confidence, and, and uh, we'll build on that this week. Is it fair to say that that could increase this weekend? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think he, you know, felt great after the game. He's he's good now, and I know physically we're really going to push him um, just so he can feel, you know, what a workload feels like again and things like that. You talk about Michael game? score the touchdown with his wheels. Yep. Are there more yards to be had for him than that, or do you not want him? To <laughs> I mean, sometimes it seems like there's. Yeah. No. He. Um, 
Mike is certainly capable of that, and I think there's always a responsibility level, you know, of taking care of your your quarterback. That, um, you know, I think Mike out on the perimeter can make plays, and and will continue to make plays. I think we do a good job of making sure that if Mike's carrying the football, it's going to count, you know, and it's going to be something that's a a play that we can make him hurt a little bit. So. And we try to be responsible with that and, and uh, let his athleticism, you know, shine a little bit in the pocket and let him move around back there. When the game ended, you didn't have the services of Boston or Jackson didn't play at all. Will that change this week? Will they each have a chance to play? Uh, oh, Giles. Giles and Boston. Yeah, yeah, they, they both should potentially be back out there. So, you know, Giles is dealing with a, a few injuries. You know, he had an upper body injury and – still coming back from that ankle. And so we're just trying to take care of him. And then obviously the game situation. So he's still, he's still at three games. So we got two games to play him one more and, and we'll have saved that year. And Denzel. And Denzel, I think, you know, he was dealing with an upper body injury as well. And so we're just working him through that. He wasn't, he didn't practice yesterday, but we're expecting him to potentially make it back for the game. Oregon State's got 12 picks. I think it's most in the conference. Yeah. What do you make of that Beaver defense? Uh, again, two weeks in a row playing a, a defensive, uh, you know, a program that's super comfortable in what they do schematically. Um, they, they've been in this system. Even though Coach Bray uh, is only in his second year as a coordinator, he's been in the system at that school for a number of years. So I think the kids can, you know, get in and out of calls quickly, um, which creates flexibility in the back end for them. And can pose some problems, and uh, and they're aggressive. You know, I think when the ball's in the air, their kids are really aggressive. You gave Kalen the, the game ball in the locker room after for his, for his 100th. Yeah. I think you were with him for five seasons before you came to Washington with him as head coach. Um, do you have a favorite a favorite victory that, that you guys were part of together Ooh. before you got here? Before we got here? Um, Oh, let's see. Man, there was a couple of them. I, I think the the one when we beat Boise on the blue turf, um, that was a special win, just a, beating a really good program like that. And it had been a number of years since Fresno had done that. That was that was a big one. Um, in 2009, uh, we played a good 1AA team, North Dakota, up at their place and, and beat them en route to a – we ended up going 15-0 and that year and winning the national championship. But that was a – we were definitely not the favorite team in that game, and our guys executed really well, played a good game. So those were those were two that stood out. What do you see from him when when maybe he relishes a victory a little bit more than than the average one, or or does he stay pretty even keel that way? Oh, he, he definitely stays even keel. You know, I, I think over the years um, you come to realize how hard every win is, and so I think there's a little bit there where you settle in, enjoy the win, and then you know, move on. Um, but I think he's always done a good job of just being able to move on, you know, realizing, you know, and that's what good veteran coaches do is, you know, there there just isn't a lot of time to, <laughs> to celebrate because you're back in the office already on Sunday trying to figure out how to get a first down. So I think that that part, there's always a realism to that, that, that he's kind of embodied. Is there anything quirky about him? I feel like there's just all these compliments about Kalen that maybe you should balance it with some <laughs> Kind of funny embarrassing stories, right? Oh my gosh, I got I got tons of embarrassing stories, yeah. but I, I also know I'm I'm trying to make sure I got a job, so I gotta <laughs> watch out. But no, he's a he's a lover of dad jokes and puns, um, so that's that's definitely one of his deals. And you mentioned Boise, and their job came open, obviously. Mm -hmm. Not to ask you specifically about that job, but your name is going to be inevitably linked with a lot of openings around the country. How do you kind of handle that and go about that process? I don't. I don't. And I don't mean that sincerely. I, I just don't. Um, you know, I have people that take care of that, and, and honestly, I'm lucky that way that I don't have to worry about it. I don't even think about it. I, I'm blessed that all i got to worry about is scoring points and getting touchdowns for Washington, and that's exactly what I'm focused on. When you say people, do you have an agent? Is that what you're I saying? do. I do. And um, I used to make fun of that, but honestly, I don't. I don't think about that stuff or worry about anything like that in season. And I love where I'm at, so I'm, I couldn't be more happy to be here. You talked a little bit about Jack Westover and his fourth down catch and just yeah. how you've been able to use him this year and having an old guy like that on the team. He has made – him and Devin both have made so many, you know, big plays and just guys that are 
they're they're incredibly valued on this team, you know, and I think I think everybody here in Washington understands how important those guys are. But I think from the outside looking in, those are the guys that get kind of lost in the mix, you know, a little bit. And I would tease Jack and and uh, Dev a little bit. We we joked with them that we were going to get a big NIL deal for them, that they're going to get some free socks and you know all kinds of cool stuff like that to stay here and um, you know that. That was why they came back was because of that, and it's not. But um, just seeing the kind of success those two kids have had and the impact that they've made in this program has been it's special because there's nobody I want to give a bigger hug to than those two guys every week. And Jack has made incredible catch after incredible catch, and Dev obviously, you know, a couple circuits catches for touchdowns as well. Brian, I'm curious. Um... You know, we had a really emotional home game against Oregon where the fan base really rallied around. They called it one of the biggest home games ever. And I think their fan base is kind of feeling that way about this game. Can you talk about the atmosphere you're going to step into and just try to operate well? And yeah. Really hostile environment. Yeah, have have reached out. I've never played there. Um, so, obviously, Coach Huff has been there a couple times. And um, they've, they've renovated since then and, and uh, has supposedly a little bit even louder. Um, they'll, they'll certainly have a good crowd there. Reach out to a couple of friends of mine within the conference that have played there already this year. And uh, certainly the crowd noise and, and how excited they're going to be is, is going to be a factor. And so the execution part on offense will be critical. And we'll, we'll make sure we practice all those events and, and be ready for that. But that'll be um, you know a huge part, especially early in the football game, guys getting comfortable in those type of circumstances and still being able to execute. Get ready for the chainsaw. What's that? The cha I've heard the third down chainsaw. I'm excited. <laughs> Not just third down. Every All the time. All right. Thanks. Thank you. thanks. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, good morning. Um, just kind of wrapping up uh, Utah week. Uh, just proud of the way the guys just continue to uh, just come to work every day and, and uh, come, come with the, I guess it's not a job, so I don't mean it that way, but they come ready to work every day and uh, have, you know, just the, the goals of improving every, every single opportunity they get, whether it's practice or games, and um, the resiliency that, uh, individuals have uh, that our, our offense, defense, special teams, our, our units have, um, thanks to uh, just you know coaches that are doing a great job leading them. Um, just proud of the way that uh, it comes together. You know, we've, uh, we've found a way to finish games, um, or always areas where we can uh, make, it, make it a little easier on ourselves probably, but um, I think every moment is a learning moment and growth moment, and we continue to, uh, you know, discuss those, talk about those, and I can see the corrections being made. And so I'm proud of uh, proud of the direction we go. And we put ourselves in a spot now where, you know, I mean, every game does matter, um, but it, it uh, really has a heightened level of, uh, you know, importance. And, uh, you know, we're excited about that. I think our guys uh, really play well when the lights are bright and uh, it goes into the week of preparation, um, the energy. Um, they bring it every single day. And so... Uh, big week ahead against a really, really good football team um, that's playing really well and uh, well coached. And so uh, we know we have a great challenge going on the road again. That was a physical football team you played. How'd you come through health-wise? Yeah, I think uh, not not bad. Not bad at all. Um, I mean, just the typical football, um, you know, bumps and bruises and things like that. But, um, 
you know, we'll we'll see kind of tomorrow once we hit the field uh, how guys are moving around. But uh, it was a physical game, and I'm proud of the way our guys have, you know, uh, performed against those teams that have that, you know, kind of identity, I guess, to them uh, of being physical um, because I think we've matched and exceeded, um, you know, those teams and um, showing that uh, that's who we are as well you know, running the football. And the big thing that showed up, I think, was time of possession. You know, last weekend against a team that controls the game, um, time day in and day out, uh, just they win the time of possession. And, you know, for us to have it almost 35 minutes, um, defense did a good job of getting off the field um, at times. And offense did a nice job of uh, sustaining some drives, especially there in the fourth quarter. Um, that last drive, uh, really understanding what it took to win a football game and, uh, you know, executing. Obviously, we'd have liked to finish with some points, but uh, made it harder on their offense that last drive with uh, limited time and no timeouts. Taylor, one touchdown allowed in the fourth quarter, last four games for you guys. <clears throat> Can you just continue to rely on that, or do you need down the stretch the defense to show up a little bit earlier? Well, you know, it's interesting because it, we do come out of the locker room um, most times too. Um, first half, um, you know, again this week uh, we came out. Um, other than the SC game, I think you know we gave up some scores in the first few drives, but uh, we've done a good job coming out of the locker room in the first quarter, and uh, even the third quarter. It doesn't mean every every drive, and that that goes offensively too. Um, I think we've performed well. Um, I track that. That's one of the things I tracked last year. Tracked this year uh, that I challenge the guys too. We have a. We have, uh, um, and part of our goal is to start fast, you know, and uh, we emphasize the, the middle piece of the game uh, going into halftime and coming out with momentum. Um, and, uh, you know, most times we, we do a really good job in those areas. Um, as you said, you know, we have been really good in the fourth quarter. Um, just, I think you said, like you said, one touchdown in the last four games. And, um, you know, I just continue to make adjustments. I think our guys learn and get better every single play. We emphasize that. Um, the picture they see, um, they remember, and when they see it again, they execute better. Um, I think a lot of it was just this last week. Of, we just needed to bet, be a better at uh, you know, getting some guys on the ground, um, just a hitch route that goes for 45-plus. You know, you know, that's that's those are little things that, uh, you know, really three plays or four plays that, that kind of made the game what it was there in the first half. But our guys are, are resilient, and uh, they got back in the locker room, regrouped, some nice adjustments by our staff, um, understanding that maybe even Utah felt like they had to attack us a little bit more through the pass game than the run game. And, um, you know, continuing to, to just grow grow, and, and trust that the offense was going to do their job as long as they did theirs uh, defensively, and, and you got what you got there. So um, proud of proud of how we just continue to play and uh, continue to evolve and adjust even throughout the course of a game. With the block field goal, what, what did you see that kind of messed up the operation or whatever? That yeah, I think the operation itself just wasn't clean. You know, you know, the snap could be a little bit better, and I think um, Grady probably got a little deep into, deep into the kick a little bit. Um, and so everything was off, I'm sure. You know, he's done, they've done such a good job all year long, so obviously we're all surprised. Um, I got... I mean, I don't really change my confidence. They'll get back out there tomorrow and all week long and keep doing their thing. Um, I was just all, all week so impressed again with just the timing and all of that. But it obviously fell apart on that particular play and and uh, doesn't take away from my confidence in them. But, um, you know, I, you know, big points. But there were some big points that they had earlier in the game that uh, that helped us. Those two field goals, those were about as hard of kicks as you can possibly have here at Husky Stadium. On that controversial call at the end of the half on the formation, had you been in that formation previously in the game? And were you in it after that? Uh, I, I, let's see. I mean, I, I don't know if we were in the, the exact one. I know we, you know, we moved around to it quickly. And, and so, you know, someone got lost in the mix there when they're counting the, the numbers of who's on, who's off, who's covered, who's uncovered. Um, so... Um, it really shouldn't. It's not a trick play or anything. It's not a formation that's hard to identify. So, and yeah. Did you use it after that call? Um, we see we line up in so many formations, and then motion out of them. I don't know if we finished a play out of that same formation. So, um, that same formation may have been called, but never executed a play. So, 
Um, I could say yes or no and probably be right. <laughs> will, you, will you hesitate to use it again? No, no, not at all. It's just a empty. I mean, we line up in it a lot. I mean, and, and guys are in different spots, right? I mean, two tight ends or five wide, or I mean, we're in empty a lot, a lot of times. Obviously, you know, the game's over, you won, but a play like that happens. Do you bring that up to the conference at all, or what was the process? If you think that, you know, this was probably wrong, do you do anything? Or yeah, every, every week you, you, you discuss the things that, uh, you know, uh, we turn stuff in, and, and it's good dialogue. It's good dialogue that you have, and, I mean, everyone's trying to make it right, you know, no one's trying to, to you know, and we're trying to make sure uh, if there's rules that, uh, you know, we're pushing or, or things that we need to be better at uh, that we're doing the same. I guess I would appreciate that they actually were communicating with me and trying to, you know, work through it with me, you know, and that's, that's what I, that's what I appreciate when it comes to officials is that uh, they're, they're trying to make it right and trying to understand and, and willing to, to talk it through too, you know, and help me on my end if there's something that uh, I can do better. Are you confident you were right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I am. <laughs> so, yeah. what was the talking Fair point enough. to you of what what was the miscue that they? Well, I think you just look at the the penalty, right? And it was illegal men downfield, so someone had to be perceived as being covered up, you know. And um, you know, the, our running back was off, our tight end was off, and then the tight end was on, you know. So someone somewhere in there got, uh, you know. Got it, it got mixed up somehow. So, okay, I ask Coach Inge about the uh, late hit on Boy on that third down play. Just looking back at the video, what would you have him do differently? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one, you know, just interpretation and, and what can we do better, or you know, just getting some feedback on that. That will be an example of one that will turn it. Doesn't mean that you know it's we did it right or wrong, or it just the call's made and happens fast. I think that's the thing that's really. You know, there's a job to protect those quarterbacks. I want our quarterback protected too. Um, and not everyone, we're all human, right? So not all the calls get made correctly, but uh, you know, that's a bang bang play uh, for sure. You signed you signed a, a contract extension during the season last year. There's a lot of speculation about that maybe something similar happening this year. There are jobs coming open that mm -hmm. your name's going to be connected to. How do you manage all of that? Well, you. You got a ten and O team here. You're mm -hmm. coaching a team, trying to get to the playoff, all those sort of things. Yeah, my my focus is one hundred percent on us playing playing ball right now. Um, I heard the same question asked to to Ryan Grubb, you know, just now about opportunities, and I think that's what um, what I really appreciate about our staff. And it starts with me, um, just being completely focused. And when when it comes to a contract piece, things like that, I, I, I'll just make sure it's known that you know uh, Troy's done a great job of trying to and doing you know approaching me and and working together to try to make sure the continuity exists here at UW, and that doesn't just happen overnight. But um, you know those efforts are certainly being made, and I'm appreciative of that. Coach, last year Oregon State secondary was really physical. I thought it was probably the best secondary you faced. I thought Utah was really impressive with their physicality, and then now you're going back down to Oregon State. Back-to-back -back weeks with your guys, what's the teaching points for obviously trying to get the passing game going against some secondary that plays like that? Our, off, our offense versus their, yeah, in the passing game. What's the, what's the keys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, um, just finding that rhythm. I mean, we, we've, I think feel like the last two weeks we've gotten back on track um, really just consistently. and. Um, the completion percentage wasn't as high, but I think, again, a lot of um, balls down the field, um, maybe the, the wind playing a little bit uh, in, as a factor, um, but, you know, just, uh, just a lot of explosive plays that we continue to make and doing what we do, and we continue to do a pretty good job of protecting Mike. And, uh, you know, Michael has that chance to, to see. And, and, and the cool thing that I, I really liked is when they brought pressure this week, we made, we made them pay. And um, that's what we didn't do a few weeks ago when we played Arizona State in particular. Um, you know, Michael um, got to the options that he had, um, and that continues to grow and continues to be built into what we're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, those explosives doesn't always have to be a pass either. It can still be a run. Um, that, that gives us, uh, you know, the counter to uh, the attacking mindset that a defense may have. So. Um, yeah, we just continue to do what we do. Um, I think by this time of the season, you have an identity, and uh, 
you know, just kind of mixing and showing the different looks, but running, running what we do and, and a couple tweaks here and there. Kaylin, Kim, Kim asked about Eddie's speech at halftime, I guess. Uh, he told me, I, I talked about the game, he said, if we do our job, we will not allow a point. And that's what happened. Did you happen to hear his speech, what he said at halftime? I, I was walking. He got them together really quick. And so with my obligations on the field, just some media things and, and um, um, walking down the hall, um, I know he was obviously very intentional on bringing the, the group together. So I caught the very end of it. Um, I just can just say I can't – the details of what – like even what you're saying, I don't know necessarily, but – I do know that I can tell by the calm and just the maturity in the conversation that was going on that, uh, man, I, I, I felt very good that uh, the right things were happening and that the right leaders were stepping up. And, um, you know, it's what we talk about all year long is being able to own it, accept it, flush it, move on. And that's exactly what those guys did. And uh, hats off to Eddie, but hats off to everyone being willing to just, hey, whatever play you did or didn't make or whoever, whatever you're frustrated with, being able to put that aside, get together, regroup, and go out there and understand that, you know, there's a lot of game left to be played. And those guys uh, did a nice job in the second half. Caitlin, um, you guys have a lot at stake, you know, with this football game, but Oregon State is in a real weird position because they don't know their future, and um, they may not play the Huskies ever again. You know, unlike Washington State is a possibility to keep the Apple Cup going, and Oregon is going to be a, a fellow conference member. This is really a strange football game, and, and you know, your desire is laid out there, but the Beavers have so much reason, you know, to, to keep going. They're 10th ranked. Um, will you bring that up with your guys that these guys have a lot – at stake on the other side. So it might be a test of will in some way between the two teams. I, I think just to really simplify it down, because again, we're, we're focused on us and what we're playing for, but to, to help understand much like what we, we discussed this last week, very briefly about Utah, their, their hopes and dreams were alive to still, you know, compete in a conference championship and just making it about that, you know, Oregon State still have an opportunity, you know, if they want out to, to get in um, the way I see it anyway. Um, and so, you know, knowing that, you know, they're going to bring everything they got. Um, they're going to be at home. Um, they're playing well. They got good momentum. Um, and so just really making it that simple, not about the other stuff, but about, you know, realizing that uh, we're going to get their best shot just like we have with everyone else. I know everybody involved in the program has, has had the one and no mentality all year. Has championship run become more of the conversation with only two games left? Uh, I think more than anything, we focus on what champions look like, what champions what champions do, um, and that's not something that just comes up now. But that's something you know you 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 watch documentaries and you watch you know you talk about the, the the great coaches and great performances the great teams over time in all sports and you know those are the things we do in the off season during fall camp um, we we look at those traits that those teams have and then you know we discuss what those are for us uh, and keep being reminded that even some of the things we're going through after each game I mean I talked about it after the game in the locker room just you know the things that championship teams do um, and Right now, you know, I think we continue to be more physical. I think we continue to um, show that that fight that it takes, um, the resiliency. Um, you know, we continue to execute in the big moments, and so um, there's a lot of things that that we're doing, and, and a lot of it has to go with preparation. You know, throughout the course of the week, so um, we are completely just focused on Oregon State. We understand how that next game sets us up for the opportunity you're, you're talking about. Um, and that's certainly a goal of ours in the program that we had uh, from day one um, is to be involved in, 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 in be at a, in a championship. But it's more about being a championship level team and to continue to have those traits that uh, exist within those within those teams. And I know I asked you this before, but as the season goes on and we're a couple of weeks past this time, is this team starting to show more traits similar to the championship team? Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, you know, just um, you feel like that if it, every year, you know, um, the development and growth and the th different learning moments. And uh, I just feel like we 
we soak them up. We take them in. The guys listen. Um, it's important to them, um, whether it's the coaches that are coaching them or them in the moments we just talked about, like with Eddie in the locker room where, you know, they realize um, what's at stake and what uh, what it means and um, the great opportunity that they've put themselves in uh, by doing what we've discussed, uh, you know, being 1-0 and each and every week, you know, sooner or later. You know, we've been one and oh ten times, and uh, you know, sooner or later you get to eleven. You know, you get to twelve as long as you take care of the week before. So, um, again, that's just really trying to make it simple. Go go back to work and and um, you know, cut it loose and have some fun playing football, the game they love. You find yourself. Is there any room at all? And maybe Saturday night was the night to do it. Ten and zero for the first time in thirty two years. Is there any kind of opportunity there to just kind of relish in that for a moment? Um, I mean, I, I did say something to the team. Again, all the things I'm telling you are pretty much what I tell the team. And then I did want to make sure that they understood, man, this is a special time you're going through. And for one minute, you know, um, much like last year, you know, we got to the point where we could see we could win 10 games. We could see that we could win in 11 games and where that fits in this history, in the history of this great program and, um, you know, our place in it. And so, um, you know, not you know I don't I don't I think our guys are now to the point where each win um, just means that the next one we got to get ready for on another level um, it, you know and I think it goes back to maybe back when we we won the Oregon game you know and just now every one of them just puts us that much closer to doing something really special so we did talk about it real briefly for less than a minute. Um, and uh, just showed them how much uh, they're going to remember this 10, 20, 30 years down the road as they talk about it with the other alumni that uh, are here at that time, and they come back to see, you know, Husky football doing its thing still, you know, years down the road. You ever think playing high school football that you'd be a 100-win coach in college football? No, no. Didn't even know I was going to be a college football head coach, so <laughs> just one day at a time, enjoying, enjoying uh, the journey I've been on. So been been very lucky to be around so many great players, great coaches, um, just uh, one day at a time, and uh, appreciative of everything uh, that's that's come my way. You were asked about this when you got the job, and of course, there's uh, was reference today in terms of coaching vacancies and all that stuff. But you know, having been here, having had the success you've had here, do you see yourself at Washington for the long haul? Yeah, I mean, this is a great place. I mean, you know, I've said it. Listen, I mean, my my family. I keep bringing it up, but my family loves it here. Um, there's a lot of other reasons too. Um, um, my my daughter, I guess she does or doesn't love me talking about it. But there's just a lot of things that I love about this place. The championship. This is a championship football program. Set it from day one. Um, it's got the bones of championships, and um, you know, love uh, the way we've been accepted into this place. Um, it's a, it's a great place to coach, and um, you know, I know. Like I said earlier, Troy is trying to do everything he can to help myself and the staff uh, continue this uh, journey that we're on. How cool is it to not have to pay for your daughter's college education because she'll be on scholarship and then also have her up here a lot more often and being able to see her? Yeah, it's really, it's really cool to just um, know that the work that she's put in has paid off and, um, you know, I'm proud of her. Um, that's, those are the things, I mean, the things I preach to the guys are, I hate to say it, probably a little bit too much coach, uh, coach, uh, speak to her, you know, uh, try to balance that between dad and coach, uh, try to be more on the dad side to her. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, certainly something I'm very proud of. Can you give us a scouting report? <laughs> no, I mean, I, the, yeah, she, she's just a good all around player. I'm really proud of her. When so. you, well, Ryan said you, you like dad jokes, so you got one. <laughs> yeah, they're bad. They're bad. My guys boo me every time I try to come and stand in front of them and crack something funny, and it's all good. Yeah. You, just to follow up on Mike's question, you mentioned that Troy's looking to keep the band together. Have you started kind of negotiations on a new deal or your agent with, with him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those things. Troy's been very good with, uh, very intentional um, with that. And so, I mean, I'm a very appreciative of that. And it, it is hard. I mean, the question was asked earlier. You know, you're in the you're in the middle of a great season like we have, and I'm trying to keep the focus on that. But uh, you also understand that those things uh, need to continue to happen for our, our program to continue to move forward. When you took over a four and eight football program, 
And if we had told you you'd be 21 and 2 right now, would you have said that's possible? Or I'm really surprised by that. That's aiming pretty high. Yeah, I would have said we probably nailed it. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I shared, um, you know, the, the, from all the coaches that I've been with in different places uh, throughout the years that uh, I've learned that anything's possible. And um, don't don't set your sights. I and mean, it doesn't mean that we're flashing it out there and we're going to be this and that. And it's, it happens, you know, because it's hard. It's really hard. It's a lot of work. And and um, it's got a lot of buy-in. It's got to have a lot of buy-in. you got to have some breaks go your way. Um, and, um, you know, I just uh, – I guess, I, you know, when, I, when I've had times in the years past where we've been a part of coming into 1-11 and 11 programs and you can turn around and go 10-4 and 4 and 12-2 and two, the next two years, you see that, man, you get the ball rolling. You get the momentum. Um, it's amazing the buy-in and how quickly um, you can you can make it happen, and that's really what's happened here over the last two years. How does Ungalele compare to other QBs that you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, I'm still uh, I've watched him a lot of crossover film, um, you know, and so uh, get just getting into the into that and watching the other side of the ball too, um, but uh, you know, got a lot of experience under his belt for sure. You know, veteran veteran quarterback. And um, I think he's adjusted well to the offensive system and continues to grow in it and get better each and every week. Um, you can see that happening. And then uh, just, you know, ability to still use his feet when he, when he needs to. Um, but, um, you know, got the arm that you're looking for. And uh, like I said, I think they continue to work the offense around him and him adjusting to the offense. And so... Um, they're hitting their stride right now at the right time. Uh, we've got a tough opponent that we're going to be playing this weekend. you have any history with Coach Smith at all? Uh, I mean, I just nothing but the utmost respect. I mean, you know, um, just, uh, you know, in conversations when we're at uh, meetings together and things like that and understanding what he did here, um, you know, he was a great – great coordinator but that's also translated uh for him to being a great head coach and uh, i know he's passionate about that program and brought a lot to it um and so um you know he and his staff are doing a really good job you know it's not just a one-year thing uh, they've built this and grown it and um you know, looking that they're looking at a special season this year too you you heard his quote last year when you guys were both named co-coach of the year and he said he would have won that award if he hadn't voted for you. <laughs> you know, that probably – I don't know, though, because I could go the other way too, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Scott Huff knows Jonathan Smith as well as anybody. How much help is he this week? Yeah, I mean, I think all those little things are – I mean, there's a lot of knowledge back and forth and, and familiarity. So, um, you know, that all gets discussed and talked about, and I'm sure on both sides, us and them. Anything else for Coach Support? Thanks, Joe. Awesome. Thank you. There's a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo. And they needed to kill that light. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.